and welcome to Carbitrage Podcast, episode 80. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. This is not Motor Cult. Anymore. Anymore, at least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, if we slip, which we probably will, that's why. Um, we're, we're getting into the hang of things. We're not changing anything except the actual search name for it. Um, and if you guys haven't been listening for a long time, the main reason we're doing that is not because we're currently having trademark issues, but we would like to get into apparel just for all of you to be able to support the show visibly. And there is currently a company in California that is automotive-based and sells some apparel, so we didn't yeah. want to deal with trademark so, issues. So We're it, picking this mainly because it fit all the criteria we had the best of any of the options that we came up with. We, so. should, we should also mention that the actual motor cult in California has been around since the 90s, and they're yeah. only about... 10 times bigger than us yeah it probably would have been fine and it's like different enough where it probably like i said would have been fine but this is just one of those things where i wanted to get ahead of it and here we are i'd rather have a name that we own right yeah Yeah. pretty much everything's available for this so not not anymore well was available for this was available for this as of wednesday right Um, but yeah, that's why there's an updated jingle. All the social media pages changed. Your iTunes RSS feed has automatically updated from a podcast name you're familiar with to one that you haven't been familiar with. Yes. So if you find a random thing, it is still us. Yeah. So what the hell is this carbitrage thing? And again, that's the pronunciation key. You probably got an upload a couple days ago if you're subscribed to us that had nothing but the pronunciation key. Carbitrage. But anyway, yeah, getting right into it. Uh, This last week has been ludicrously cold. Oh my god, has it been ludicrously cold. I mean, I don't even want to say, like, a little bit cold. Like, this is, like, absolute zero human cold. Oh, it was terrible. My school was closed for three (laughs) days. Our pipe burst and our fish Froze. Your fish froze? Our fish froze. Yeah, that doesn't f- sound good. Don't no. worry, they're, they're budgie and they're uh, guinea pig. Or, okay. Yeah, oh, that's we, good. We covered them in carpets and blankets Aww. to keep them warm. Um, and they're in the <clears throat> warmest room in the entire church. So, so the, mo- the most annoying thing about the cold, though, it what, from your perspective, it didn't set any records. Oh, really? We went through all that for nothing. I mean, it was cold, but it didn't, yeah. like... What was it? Was it Tuesday and Wednesday or that were the really cold days? Or was it yeah. Monday, Tuesday? It was like remember. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. Okay. Yeah. So I went to bed on Tuesday night at like 25 below. My mm. furnace was set at 60 degrees. I lowered it quite a bit. Yet my furnace ran all night and it never got hotter than 57 degrees in my house. Oh, yeah. Yikes. My car did the same thing. I realized that my heater only raises the temperature 70 degrees, hmm. which is normally a reasonable amount of temperature swing that you'll be okay. Yeah. Because 70 degrees plus or minus is 140. Well, you see, when it's 30 below with a wind chill and your heater only goes up 70 degrees, that means it's still 30 degrees in your car. Yay. Yeah, so it was still freezing. Um, <laughs> the heater in my electric car worked just fine, but uh, yeah, it's the whole thing where like you're, you're increasing ambient temperature. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like that heater works amazingly when it's 40 degrees outside because it like instantly picks you up 30 degrees. Yeah. That's like 70. Perfect. But like, it's just, it's, <laughs> you know, it brings negative 30 up to zero and then yeah. it's blowing like zero degree air at you. And eventually it does obviously heat up, but man, it takes a long time. Yeah. Plus the battery is just, it wasn't super thrilled. It, you know, it didn't leave me stranded or anything, but it, uh, it, it, it the range it was pushed, cut in half. It, uh, it pushed the technology. Yeah. I like, again, FCA, if you want to buy my Fiat 500 e-back from me just to see what happens to a pack that's abused at like negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit, which is worth mentioning for our international listeners. Yes. yes. We have been saying this. Uh, negative 35 C is where ne- we yeah, were at. That, that's, uh, yeah, quite a bit. But anyway, um, we survived. We're back. Yes, we are. Uh, also, some other th- weird things that happened with my van. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, it made a, kind of it sounded like it was starting up a freight train when I started it up. Hmm. Uh, when it was like thirty-five below, that was terrifying. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it literally went <laughs> like a, a really big air starter. <laughs> <laughs> and that 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 was mostly timing chain noise because like the oil had been just stuck in place. Um, oh, the poor thing. Yeah, so that happened. My 
Uh, oh, the, my driver said window uh, frozen position, not because there was ice on it, but because the weather stripping had hardened. Yeah, I've seen yep. that. So th- there was that. I didn't try my windows. Generally below zero, unless I absolutely have to. Those are just staying up. Well, I yeah, I just like wanted to. Ah, I always. Some people sure. just want to watch the world burn. No, I just want to make sure everything's working. Oh, yeah, that was why. I see. Nothing worked. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, well, at what point do you get through the line item and you're like three in and none of them have worked? You're like, why do I even keep going? Yeah, that's kind of what I was doing. <laughs> um, oh, and then I legitimately could not move the shift lever. Well, yeah, I, but I, you I, were having that issue even above zero. No, no, no. I, when I say I, I had both hands on it and I tried to pull it I, or push it either direction while in neutral and it wouldn't budge. That sounds like you're just going to break stuff. So I just let that sit for a half an hour before I drove it and I called in. I'm like, I'm going to be a half hour late. I'm like, why? I'm like, my shift, my shift linkage froze in position. Yeah. <laughs> it must be still like a water-based shift cable or something because... <laughs> it, it's entirely possible. Maybe there's like a crack in like the... The sheathing. The sheathing. Something. And yeah. if that, there was actually water in there. That Because I would be shocked if that manual transmission fluid got that... Yeah, that, that viscous. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't really... I mean, maybe... I mean, like starting the FJ, it was I, like, whoa. Yeah, I, I know. I know a couple of the manual cars we had at work were like churning butter, which uses well, the MTF. Right, and yeah, gear oil will do that if it's the ATF based MTF. It's usually not quite so bad, but the the biggest difference I had with manual vehicles this week was mainly with the FJ, um, and that doesn't use cables, so it actually felt pretty okay changing gear. But the, the clutch fluid was so viscous that like. It, the engagement time, <laughs> the disengagement you time. Can, you can watch the clutch come up, up behind yeah, your foot. Yeah, if yeah. you sidestep the clutch, you could literally just see the pedal. Whoop. Yeah, you got to warm it up before you drive it like that because that's just not going to be good for the car I was just, yeah, I was being gentle with it, but I drive it immediately. But yeah, it takes 20, 30 minutes to get that fluid hot enough to actually work properly. Yeah, so I didn't have work, and I wasn't planning on going anywhere on Wednesday, which was the coldest day. Yeah. And I also didn't have class. Um, but I woke up at 10 o'clock from having a dream. A.M. or P.M.? A.M. Okay. I was sleeping in because I have this terrible cold that won't go away. And um, I woke up to a text reminding me that I had a dentist appointment at that oh, exact no. time. Oh, no. So I went out and I started my car, and she's she's a, she's really good at starting, but she took a long time. Like, oh, I've never had her take that long to start up, and she made some horrifying noises. And when I got back from the dentist, I saw a pool of oil in my driveway. Oops! And I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> I took a picture of it because it was too cold to like bend down and touch it to make sure it was oil so i just took a picture of it and ran inside sure. and looked at it and i was like oh that's oil <laughs> i know that black yeah, soul like, staring oh, puddle God. i was like so i'm not gonna start it until i need to and right. then i got a call from work oh we're closed tomorrow too so i was like great okay, perfect you know <laughs> i'll give it a rest but I, I sent it to ryan i was like we need to check this out <laughs> like it was like this is not gonna be good if i have to like if I actually broke something, because right. I was. We had three cars that were claimed to the cold. Two cars, transmissions were blown up. Oh. Uh, like I, the stuff that came into your shop. Yeah, it came into my into my shop. Yeah, uh, two cars transmission uh, was blown up because people were spinning on ice and caught traction on one wheel. And Diff. Blew up the differential. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then there was uh, one. I think that I think it was like really low on oil. Hmm. Sat for the like most of the time, but then when they started, when it was like seven below, yeah, timing chain just let it rip and totally blew up the whole engine, top to bottom. <laughs> the little bit of oil that was there stayed in the top of the engine because it was so cold. Didn't get back into the pickup. Didn't. And now there was things. water everywhere. Everything kind of had that little glaze of rust. And Oops. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I Corey's car started. It took apparently fifteen seconds of cranking. Yeah, mine was a solid thirty. Poor starters. Although it's so cold out, hey. And the more you crank it, the better it is for that. But yeah, I've had to, you know, jumpstart people. I'm really, really happy I bit the bullet and put a new battery in the FJ this this fall. I was was having intermittent problems where I'd come back a couple days later and it's flat dead. Sometimes it's perfectly fine. And when it was fine, it would always start right up. But yeah, that brand new AGM battery, boy, that thing, that's pretty skookum. 
Yeah, AGM's awesome. Those I'm, are they're way they're better in the so the much cold. better. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's like night and day better. It's yeah, it's pretty impressive. But yeah, the the Fiat did really well. It was just uh, highly reduced range. Yeah, that's yeah. so go that's good. Plus, yeah. I mean, that's probably a health thing. I mean, you just say, hey, I don't have enough range in my car. Sorry. Well, that's the thing. I plugged it in at work, so I was like, fine. One day I didn't do that, and it used 56% of the indicated battery charge to get home with no heat. So something was really wrong that day. Ugh. Yeah. But I still was, made it. That was not a happy car. No. No. And, um, like, we always wanted to know how the battery was going to do in the cold. And right. So this really tested it. And I've had a 1015 below years past, but this was definitely the coldest. Yeah. So. I was deliberately trying to hurt it. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> science. Anyway. I do have to plug Speaking in, yeah. of science. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes people get things wrong. Mm-hmm. Japanese nostalgia card did that. We. Um, oh, my. We, I'm not sure if I announced it just like off the cuff, but uh, in the last episode, I might have. But Toyota ending production of the FRS BRZ. Oh, the Toyota BRGT86Z. Yeah. Um, that was actually a rumor that was spread by a Japanese magazine. Interesting. Um, I think it was Best Drive. And by that, something. you mean just like it's not getting a second gen or what? No, it, it is. It, it, it was just completely incorrect. Oh. Yeah. So um, if you scroll down, I'll say the name of the who did that. But if you scroll down here. Yeah, Best Car. That's who it was. Best Car is usually pretty solid for um, what they cover. So... I wonder if they are going to uh, finally do a drop-top version in the that next one. That would be one. so nice. Because the initial concept, right when these came out, showing the convertible one, like it looked really good. I think a convertible or at least a target top would be really cool. Yeah. I mean, people inevitably compare these to Miatas anyway, so why yeah. not at least no, offer it? Yeah, it, a target would be cool. Yeah, I think a target would be perfect. I guess they actually do show a target here. Yeah, so that well, that's one of the concepts. So yeah. Right, right. I know it's not a production vehicle, but... Even but, still. Yes, yeah, so that raised the ire of car enthusiasts across America. <laughs> well, I mean, I would too. I do kind of hope, I mean, it looks like, according to this, it's going to use the new 2.4 liter Sans Turbo, so that's good. I mean, that means it's probably going to pick up some horsepower. Actually, probably more importantly, some torque. Well, yeah. I, it, I horsepower think, is just a function of torque. Well, I, I think most of the issue with the FRS that people have with it is it's not very torquey. That could so, be. It, because, you know, you have so many cars that are like just pissed slow, but they have a ton of torque. Mark IV Jetta 1.8Ts. All right, but that's a forced induction car. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like that's got a lot of torque. So people go, oh, yeah, that car is actually really fast. No, it's actually slower than a Civic, which has less mm-hmm. torque but is faster. <laughs> right. Well, people, uh, yeah. But people don't, don't actually – they, well, they like, don't feel that. That's ND Miata versus Fiat 124. Exactly. It's yeah. exactly that. Yeah. 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 So um, – I, I think a torque bump would be probably better. Right, yeah, especially if they can bump. flatten out that torque delivery, which was a huge issue with yeah. the, the FA20. Um, you, c- you can fix it with headers and a tune on the existing cars, but the fact that they never fixed it from the factory is kind of impressive. The one thing I really hope that they do when they make the next generation, yeah, keep the fuel injection system that they have in the FA20. They have direct port, yeah. or they have port and direct like, yeah. yep. injection. Yep. That port fuel injection costs you or saves you from having to do carbon intake cleanup. carbon cleanup yeah. which is i think huge. they will keep that i think that's i think everybody should do that yeah i mean it's just them and ford that do that right now yeah it's a really awesome design yeah and like we we talked about this actually once well, quite a while ago but like, the yeah. added cost of that system is really not that high no it's not not high at all and it, like in the long run that's gonna you know some for somebody like toyota right something like that's gonna do wonders actually toyota does yeah toyota does yeah too, since something. they make this but yep. Um, no, is if, since Toyota, like if they continue to do that, that's going to do wonders for like the long-term reliability of their cars. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's not really a reliability thing. It's a totally a maintenance item, which but I mean, people, yeah. it, it's a new maintenance item. So people don't see it as that. Right. So. And it's not something that's in their service book. I mean, it's just something that like you start to have symptoms, you bring it yeah, in exactly. and then like, Oh, well your long start, that's carbon buildup. Like, yeah. What's that? Why is my idle rough? Carbon Why do I need up? a $2,000 intake manifold job? Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's because it's completely gummed full of crap. Yeah. And I think um, I'm just really happy to keep that going because uh, the other thing is that um, Akio Toyota's like, whole MO right now is adding more Being sports badass. cars. More sports cars, more fun cars Which to means their lineup. I wonder if we'll get an MR2 back. He, I, I kind of doubt we will. He, he wants to do either, or he said, 
rumors again. They yeah. want to do either a MR2 or another smaller car. Um, I really like the. Uh, cannot remember the what the actual name is but they're this uh i think it's like the shr or something the scr hmm. um try scrolling down just a hair no they didn't have it hmm. um go back up to the original story maybe that a little hand i'm totally blanking because I, I love this this design that they have um I don't have a computer that is functioning <laughs> in front of me, so I can't really look it up no, that's very fine. quickly. But no, Toyota had this really cool concept car that I would love to, for them to put back in production. Um, I'll actually try to get that ready for later on in the episode. Yeah, sounds to, good. Try to find it. <laughs> I suppose we do have to try to keep it rolling for yeah, audio so listeners. Let's, but... let, let's do that and <laughs> just move on to the next topic while I'm getting this figured out. Well, I'm excited that the car is getting a second generation. I mean, ever since it was announced originally, people were like, oh, it's great. But like, oh, it doesn't sell very well. Like, dude, it's doing like 30,000 units a year. That's pretty good. Well, all right. So probably people, say, get a second people say it doesn't sell very well like in the state of Minnesota. Yeah. Where the, it sells pretty well up here still. It sells, yeah, for a rear-wheel drive car, it sells like hotcakes Compare it here. to the other vehicles that it's in the same segment as and fighting for the actual same dollar, it's selling really well. It's <laughs> Yes. And, you know, it's the thing is, in Minnesota, with our weather... I know that you're not a fan of it, but we do have a juggernaut that they have to compete against and is very close in price is WRX. Like, well, I mean, I, I do think people cross shop these and Miatas. But, I mean, like, in price range, I, I would get a lot of people that cross shop, uh, cross shop them. Um, SFR, by the way, that was the name of the concept car. If you can throw that up on S-F-R? the screen. SFR? Yes. Is there a link to it? Um, Just, it should be at the bottom of that scroll down like all the way to the bottom of that one that green one i love that that looks like a, a copen active top kind of well <laughs> dahatsu's owned by toyota yeah but it's um it's based kind of off the toyota sports 800 Corey asked what we want um jana can you tell him yeah yeah jane you know what i want right mm. steak beans cheese <laughs> Very Our simple. sound engineer is stopping at a Chipotle to give us delicious food on the way because nobody here has any foresight. Yeah. Well, actually, we tried going, but the line was insane. Uh, and it, it was, like, long enough where I thought about just doing an online order and waiting in line till the online order is ready. Oh, I gotcha. The, the online order was 15 minutes, whereas, like, it was, like, a 30-minute no, line. But it's anyway, always 30 minutes. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so I, I think the SFR would be a very cool kind of concept for something from the bring here it is i like the shape and i think they could get away with the styling but they could never sell a car that size here unfortunately no i think maybe if they scaled it up i know this sounds weird but if they scaled it up to be based off of like maybe a yaris platform instead of a k car yeah that would be perfect i think so too but i mean the yaris platform is still front wheel drive is this no that'd be rear wheel drive but right. i mean like a, a yaris size i should say not okay. based off directly off a of Yaris platform, but something like oh, Yaris, you're just y- saying the yeah, form yeah, factor. like that that okay. kind of platform form factor, like a subcompact size. I would love to get more Toyota rear wheel drive based platforms because they seem yeah. pretty freaking rad. Yeah, and I think what would also be really cool about this would be, but one of my favorite, all time favorite car classes are yeah. eco sports cars. Yeah, small the slow fuel car fast, small fuel efficient <laughs> fun cars like the. MX3 and oh, stuff that like, V6 is so cool. Yeah, the 1.8 liter V6. <laughs> that's awesome. Stuff like the MX3. Um, this is kind of like a weird one, but the uh, Suzuki Swift GTI, which was a yeah. 1, 1.3 liter dual overhead cam. Oh, Geo you're talking Met- first gen. Yeah. I thought you were the, talking no, the one when that's it, still made. When it was still based off the Cultus or the Geo Metro, right, 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 right. where that was a 1.6 liter, 110 horsepower Geo Metro. Like, that was 1.3. Oh, sorry. 1.3 liter. You were yeah. right. Uh, 1.3 liter, 110 horsepower Geo Metro with a dual overhead cam engine. Super. And you could put the booze ahead on it and make a lot more. Yeah. It's yeah. super cool. <laughs> um, it, yeah. And Toyota, you know, Nissan, everybody had theirs. Uh, Nissan had the Pulsar. Toyota had the Corolla FX16, which was a, more of a hot hatch. But, I mean, like, yeah. they had stuff like that. Yep. Uh, but, no, I, I think that it, that's, like, my favorite kind of form form factor for a car is the eco sports car because it's such a competitive market like you can't just throw unlimited 
Um, I think a, you a, just, a hatch based on that platform would probably be my favorite thing. I mean, I love top down, but like it's just not realistic for a convertible to be like my platform of choice. Yeah, no, that's fair. Well, I think that'd be more like a target sort of thing because that's what the uh, Sports 800 was. Well, even still, I just mean like day to day practicality. Yeah, that's fair. I, you know, and another thing, even if that was, they did make a front wheel drive form of that. Yeah. Like if they took that basic design, changed it up a little bit. You know, that would also keep with the Sports 800 motif, where the Sports 800 is based off the Publica, which is, quote, a small And star. if it's a K car like that, front-wheel drive's fine. Yeah. you're not putting enough power down to get understeer. No, and even then, like, most companies can engineer around that. Yeah, like, Honda's I mean, front-wheel drive platforms are getting better. Yeah, Hon- better. Honda's famously been able to get front-wheel drive cars actually have oversteer, or like the Preludes in the 80s. What did and not the have five hundred E? What's up? Thank yeah. you, Bosch. They literally did not have understeer. They would the ki- the rear end would kick out on preludes. So that I I do kind of front wheel drive snap oversteer is like one of the most interesting things to experience. It, it really is. Like you don't expect it. And is then, this an AP one S two thousand all of a sudden? What is going on? Yeah, well, I, well, I like that. Like if you ever driven like an eighties prelude, uh, I haven't. I well, would like if to, if you ever do, you can take around a corner. Like the rear end kicks out, but. It's front-wheel drive, so you just power through it, and it, it sorts itself out. Yeah, and you, you correct all... it like four-wheel drive. I kind of get that. Yeah, it, it's kind of fun almost. Like, when I, doubt, I get the power appeal. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, now, I would uh, – let's actually move on to the next topic since we talked about that car I wanted to mention. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we talked about a bunch of cars you wanted to mention, but – yeah, that's fine. Um, next one. So – We've been talking V160 Mark IV Supras. Last episode, we talked about the Volvo P1800. These, of course, have in common... I saw this, yes. ...being just ridiculously on the way up price-wise. Yeah. I want to swing it back to Deutschland. <clears throat> yeah. We've got a lot of up-and-coming vehicles, but I want to talk about actually one of the more modern ones. And this is, uh, if you're watching the video version, I will switch over right now so you can see what we're talking about. If you're not, we are talking about a clown shoe. So the BMW E36-8 Coupe. So the Z3 Coupe. Not the convertible, the one that actually looks like a clown's shoe. Um, they did M and non-M versions of this thing. So and they're that- offered with a 2.8 or 3 liter normal uh, naturally aspirated six-cylinder in the, the Z3 Coupe. And then they sold us the M Coupe, which was offered with two different 3.2 liter engines. The S52 B32 US was sold from 1999 to 2001. And then the last half of 2001 and all of 2002 model year was sold with the venerable E46 M3's S54 B32. So a real engine. Yeah, that's. And the one we're looking at here is an Amola Red, which Mm. is probably the best color on this car, either that or a Storo Blue. Yes. Uh, S54 car with. 4,000 miles on the odometer. So this is the most desirable M Coupe. And you guys want to guess what it sold for just I'm a couple of days ago? I'm looking at the ago? price. And <laughs> I, oh, I okay, fine. Well, you well, can't no, guess. I, I, I watched it. <laughs> no. clo- I watched it close, but I, I told yeah, I Keith, my coworker, this. I'm like, I'm going for 75 on that. And it blew me away. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to announce it because I wasn't looking at the number until you told me to guess. Sure. And it is... $92,000. Yep. So I was just thinking about how I really wanted one of these, and now I don't. Well, you, yeah, could, no. you could get one that looks just like this with the worse 3.2-liter yeah. six-cylinder for, like, less than 10. Or you could, oh, yeah. you could do what Alex from um, Overcrest did, and he got one that was crashed. And, and then you could stance it and completely ruin it like you well, did, too. Well, I mean, well, the thing is, is, like... I'm kind of okay with that. Like, nah, not me. Well, no, because it, the car was wrecked. Like, the body was structurally. It was lightly crashed. Did there was any structural damage? Yeah, there was. There was no. damage. Mm-mm, no. We're gonna have to talk to I Alex crumpled about this. the hood. Anyway, the thing is, is that still is enough to like just destroy value for a collector car. So yeah, whatever. Do it's what you want with car, it. Car, they're not going to be collector cars. Yeah, just do what you want with it. Like, I, I'm entirely Stance in favor. Stance is dumb. I'm not in favor of that. I'm in favor of him doing whatever, whatever the fuck he wants. It's his car. I don't want to talk about it. Um, But anyway, no, I think that I'm really happy that these cars never have and never will reach E36 levels of cheap. Right. Because <laughs> I remember watching all the drifting, like, fuckboys <laughs> that were like... And not that all drifters are like that, because we like Reese right. and Nicholson are actually oh, really yeah. cool. Yes. I mean, um, the, yeah. 
but no, I mean like the 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 real like just like absolute like just dicks that take like a S thirteen and just continuously crash into a wall and make a drift missile. Ooh, drift missile. Yeah, like that. Those people. And they keep running worse and worse tires to reduce the grip because they don't have the talent to manage a high grip drift mm-hmm. car. Yeah, actually, I think um, I, it's not the it's not two uh, forties anymore. Now it's like G thirty five. So they're taking the brunt of that. I was gonna say I see a lot of three fifty Zs with LSs in them now. Yeah. So like those kind of people. I'm really happy this car's never gonna do that. I really like this car. I've never driven the coupe. I've driven a Z three M. Um, and I thought it was really well balanced. It's an awesome car. The Z- Z3 platform is still probably my favorite platform of all time. It's that's up there for my German platforms. It's just it's so tail happy, and the the reach over angle of the door is like just how low the belt line is. It goes that's, along. That's what it. I really love about it. And yeah. actually, more than that, I love that you basically sit on the rear axle. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Yeah, you it's just you sitting, rotate sitting organically. Position. Like there's yeah. your brain just knows what to do. Yeah, that's really really awesome. I love that. God, look um, at that fin differential cover. Yeah, I love the rear end on, on the Z3. Um, look how, the normal look how old those tires are. They haven't made that tire in ten years. That's <laughs> don't don't drive that. <laughs> Harold Chef, one of my good buddies locally, had a 2002 Amola Red manual shoe that he got from European Auto. Ooh. And uh, he recently traded it for another extremely rare M car, um, but he he didn't get anywhere near this much for his. So Th- this is yeah a truly an amazing um, car. So it is a great car. I do like. I'm, I'm really happy. There, there's some cars where it's like they're I really want them and they're not going to be attainable for me. But I'm really happy that they're not attainable for like other people either. Where it's like this car should be put on a pedestal. What I'm most just kind of perplexed by is people just lust after the coupes mm-hmm. and i don't know why because nobody seems to care about the roadster it's you can the pick up it's not that much rarer they, they made by far the most m coupes of any of these like if you want a rare one you get a non-m coupe because they made almost none of them if you, okay. if you see a three liter z3 coupe you're literally looking at like one of 100 that in existence Oh, really? Yeah, well, they made many, many thousand of these. I think another thing is the form factor of the car, the fact yeah. that it looks like a clown shoe. And it, it, it's... But the Roadster's not a bad-looking car. No, not at all, but this car's got a very unique shape to it. It does. As well. It's very unique, yeah. It's There's some cars where the form factor of the car, it really determines the value almost as much as everything else about the car. That's true. And so this is one of those examples. Or more often, you find that going the other direction mm-hmm. on the car, lowering the value. But this is one of those cars where that it really works to just crank the value through the roof. Do you think this is speculation? It's not in the notes or anything. The the Z4 M Coupe that they made after this, the successor. So yes. limited slip diff, all the same kind of underpinning, that, same I don't engine. Think that's not going to be. You don't think it's going to do the same thing? No, not at all. I don't think it's going to do it to the same extent, but I do think it's going to appreciate. Um, I'm sure that car. Yeah, it's it doesn't a good have car, the sit over the rear axle, tail happy no. nature that this does. It doesn't have the looks of it either. This is like the most lovable car ever. No, this one's a this is a happy <laughs> car. That one was it's when the it happiest got... angry country yeah. car. <laughs> well, and then the, the other thing is like they made that they've made the Z4 for just too damn long. There's well, been multiple generations of it. There's only one generation of Z3. That's true. I kind of wish they had kept the Z3 naming. I, I wish they'd continue going on. So Z5 and whatever. Or if they had made a Z5 and just ba- had a like M5 engine in it, that would have been fantastic. I love Roadstar wheels. That is like the most quintessentially 2001 wheel I can think of out of I, Germany. <laughs> the, car, the wheel works on that car and only that car. I it cannot, does. I cannot. I've seen these on E30M3s. I'm like, what are you doing? That's, no, it's that, that's disgusting. <clears throat> the only part from that car I have on my car is the fin differential cover. Yeah, that, that wheel <laughs> fits on only that car. But anyway, this we are going to see a lot of very low mile early 2000s M cars just absolutely shoot through the roof. We're going to see well, M5s, M3s, M Roadsters. That's why you bought the M5. It is. And honestly, I, I, don't blame you. I could buy a, an S54 powered, so the really late Z3M Roadster for the same price as a Fiat 5 or a 124 Barth right now. I would get that Z3 Roadster. But the thing is, I want a car that I can just abuse and leave outside and have a warranty. Yeah, but yeah, you know how tough a decision that is no, for me. No, all right. So I'm gonna tell you right now, you're always gonna be able to buy that. 
this is I know, but I don't want to buy two cars. You are at the twilight of getting a reasonably priced Z3M. I know. Well, S- the- S54 is E3M, because the S52 cars are never going to be worth anything. They just aren't. Get, go get it now. Uh, I don't know. I really, really recommend it. Get it now. I made that mistake. My mistake was... When I know I, it's a mistake not buying it, but I'm kind of okay with it. All right, so this is my logic. Okay. My mistake was when... I, I, I made that mistake twice. The first mistake was with the MR2. Okay, the AW11. After I, after I get rid of my blue one... When I bought my CRX, I thought about getting another MR2. I did not. Well, you should have. Yeah, they've appreciated $3,000. <laughs> oh, I know they then. have. Yeah. AW11's just through exploded. the roof. Um, and then the other one that I made that mistake with was R32 Nissan Skyline non GTRs. Yeah, like a, a GTST. When those first started coming here, they were fifteen thousand dollars, twelve thousand oh, dollars, fourteen like, yeah, all day like long. Nice ones, like pretty nice ones. With yeah, no issues. Were eleven grand. And my reasoning for not buying it was, I was gonna get a car loan for it, and I didn't want to deal with a kind of ridiculous payment. Like, I, I didn't want to deal with a like two hundred dollar a month car payment mm-hmm. for you know what's ostensibly a. 25-year-old car from the 1980s. That seems ridiculous right? at face value. Well, it's, it's uh, tough to do, too, actually. Well, no, I, there, there are companies uh, that will that do classic car loans. Hmm, that's nice. So you can, imported cars would fall on, under that. Fun thing I just found in this photo gallery, that is an analog outside temperature gauge. That is one of the coolest gauges I've That's ever really seen. That's really cool. I love that. <laughs> I love that. The center stack of this Z3 M Roadster has a video color-keyed outside temperature thermometer in the middle of the dash. I Anyway, back to my topic. Yeah, sorry. Go <laughs> get yourself a Z3 M right now. And, uh, I just don't know. I, re- I mean, You've heard right. this from me for so, years, how it's my favorite platform. Right, I've so never had more fun. I, I know, I know, and you, you had one. But All right, so this is the thing. Look at your garage right now. Uh-huh. Right now, you have a S. What was it, the S forty six or uh, no E forty six M three? Yep, with the same engine, so the S fifty four. Yep, yep. You have the M five. Yep. Of the same era. Yep. That's the car that's going to complete that trifecta. Yeah. You can only do this now. I know. Otherwise, you will not be able to. I know, but. Here's my hang-up. If I was going to do that, I would probably get a Z4 M Roadster. No. Because they're five grand cheaper and it's the same running gear. Well, no, because that's the thing, is you're not getting the car that's going to appreciate in value as much. Right, I know. That, that's the whole Which thing. Which is why I'm going to buy a 124, because I don't want to take that half measure. The 124 is not going to appreciate I know, as much. that's fine. Or appreciate anytime soon. And it, it won't appreciate, and I'm accepting that. It will depreciate after I buy it. And this is a weird thing for me, because I don't do I know, I don't it's a bad that. decision. But it's no, a very no, bad decision for then you. it's a tax loss, and it's actually beneficial for me to take a loss on that car. Ryan is giving me a very disapproving fatherly look right now. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I mean, do you understand where I'm, I'm saying, though? Like, it's going to sit outside in the snow over winter. I'm going to drive it through salt. I'm going to take it to track days and beat the ever-living tits out of it. Everything. Don't, don't you have, like, a, a your Toyota for that? Not for track days, was, but for, needs, like, sitting out in winter. Track days is my thing. I don't have a track car right now. Although, you could argue that everything I own is a track car. You don't have a track car. I don't have a track car. I used to track the gas 500, but I can't do that with the E. And Blubsky's not reliable enough. That car isn't reliable to go to McDonald's and back. <laughs> All right, you got a good oh, point. Oh, man, I've got a sad story locally relating to a Blubsky, not my Blubsky. Hmm. A uh, really clean 75, medium red on tan, 240D, automatic. Hmm. It was at Cars and Coffee earlier this year. It was yeah. the only car I took a picture of this season at Cars and Coffee. It almost burned to the ground last night because oh the blower God. motor caught on fire while it was, was warming it, it up was outside. Was it on fire? Yep. So uh, all of the interior is shot, and the center portion of the car is toast. But like the front the car- and rear clips are okay. So I'm going to buy the hood and fenders and stuff for Blubsky, but it's oh, really Oh, that's a sad. bummer. That's, that know. is really sad. Really Actually, nice 240D. Speaking Ryan, of... Sh- no, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we're not gonna, we're, we're not talking about a thing. We'll, we'll, I'll tell you about once we get it finalized. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about this off air. Yeah, okay, we, perfect. We will talk about this off air. We are going to hold out on all of you. So there anyway, you go. You're welcome. Anyway, bring up the podcast notes so I know what yep. my next topic is. <laughs> Sorry, I was getting there. I just had to turn off the stream so people right. don't have to look at our right. notes. This. <laughs> so I kept seeing all this stuff about Chip Foose here and there. 
over there. And I'm like, well, let's explain who Chip Foose is to the people that don't necessarily know. the most aggravating car builder. <laughs> so, yeah, he... He's like a Boyd Coddington, and you probably don't know Chip Foose if you don't know Boyd Coddington. So the kind well, of people no, no, no. that were Boy, just Boyd, over the top. Boyd Coddington has way more taste than Chip Foose. I disagree. Chip Foose designs modern cars in the same style that like 50s customs of the Do you know what Chip Foose does? He does MTV's Pimp My Ride to classic cars. He does, yeah. actually. He does that sort of thing. But Boyd Coddington ruins them. Well, so, yeah, it's because Boyd Coddington was ancient. But he ruins him in his one style, which some people really like. Well, that's the thing. is like Boyd Coddington. Um, he it's just was, super he's, 90s. No, he, Boyd Coddington was around way before that. I know, but like all of the styles of his cars, everything's shaved. Everything is smooth. That yeah. is super 90s. Yeah, and I think that like he had his era. But, all right, so with Chip Foose, though, the thing that aggravates me about him, he was given um, – Hot Rod Builder of the Year from the Grand National Roadster Show, which is... Uh, is, is that a prestigious award? Yeah. Uh, sorry, not, not of the year. Of the decade. Oh, oh! That is many years. In fact, that's yeah. ten of them. Yeah, so I um, I, I have just a really, really hard time saying that he is worthy of that award. Wait, wait. Anyway. And you're talking the decade 20, 2009 to 2019? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Foose is a has been now. He's he has garbage. He was like the mid to like the no even the then, He sucked. He he always but sucks. he was extremely popular. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So is Donald Trump. Doesn't mean he's a good president. Like <laughs> like he, Chip Foose isn't a good car builder. It, it, wow. That, I feel isn't. like there might have been a formal fallacy committed there, but <laughs> I'm just not even going to read into it because I agree. But um, no. Like <clears throat> for the love of God, man. So no, Ch- Chip Foose. Like. <laughs> I get it. He was popular. That doesn't mean he's good. It's like when people say Michael Jackson was better in Prince because more people liked him. Yeah. Like, yeah. that doesn't mean he was, like, an objectively better artist. Like, he just wasn't. Um, right. But, so, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, within the Hot Rod community, like, the first name that comes to mind is Rad, Rod, Rad Rods by Troy, which is the most aggravating name for, a, like, a car builder. But they build way better cars than Shifu's ever could. I don't know any of those names. Um, But, like, even outside of that, like... Of all car builders, yeah, in like the they last had, they ten had years, a large sample size of people to choose from. Yeah, I, I get that this is just for like roadsters, like hot rods and stuff. Yeah, yeah and like overhauling sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like bitch and rides is better than that. I still hated that show. <laughs> um, I'm just trying. To, I I can think of plenty of other cars. Like I, I'm gonna say outside of hot rods and stuff, I yeah. would say probably my three favorite builders of the last 10 years um magnus walker i do like his style Absolutely. i don't fully understand that man and he's got a lot of things i don't necessarily like i but. i really really like him he does really awesome work um i really like bizier zahoa oh of I his do builds too. his builds are always just i just like him phenomenal <laughs> and um big mike he's a honda guy i think he's you had, mean dirty mike and the boys no big mike He's had one single prelude. They're having a soup kitchen. Oh, yeah, I guess. No, <laughs> Big Mike and his prelude were also my, that was my number one, like, favorite build of the last decade. Hmm. He had the coolest prelude. Uh, he built I'm it. I'm shocked to hear you say something JDM. Well, I'm, I, well, I mean, for prelude. Like, I, not like a, I know. Not like a Corolla or something old school. I but have like a, a super good design. sense of humor. So this yes, is, you do. Yeah. Uh, but no, Magnus Walker's definitely up there um you know i will also say um the guy the, the guys behind liberty walk too like their their personal stuff that they so build. we're not just doing individuals we're doing companies well the owner of liberty walk personally icon 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 jonathan ward v8s in land cruisers no 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 i'm not talking about the powertrains because yes he puts ls3s no everything. no I'm, I'm talking i'm talking no this dude laser car. scans crappy ass plastic parts and makes them out of billet aluminum and he does that over the entire vehicle and he puts awesome quality worksmanship into everything the stuff you don't see it looks just like a really nice stock car but everything is good something like or oh, fine singer vehicle design singer there you go but no it's uh watcher uh, kato He's the owner of Liberty Walk. How do you spell that? W A T A R U. Okay. Or actually, it's W A T E R U. Let me double check. This isn't a spelling bee, so I guess it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's W A T A R U. Um, but no, his personal builds, I think, are some of the coolest builds I've seen in the last ten years. Okay. For sure. There are so many talented. But he's—I would put him 
probably. <clears throat> I feel like Foose just got this because he's in the limelight so much. Yeah, no, this is like getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Ugh. Um. Anyway, let's uh, move on to one, th- one or not one more. Let's just whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say is. we've got more. We've got more certainly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I'm hold on, guys. I'm getting over my notes. My laptop. I didn't tell anyone this. I I am fumbling around because my battery is so destroyed on my MacBook that it won't boot. Oh, you mean the <laughs> MythBusters with their garbage destroying that MR2? Yeah. That, yeah. Well, fine. Fine. Spoil my topic then. I think that dick bag with the big mustache should have been sitting underneath the car. Well, was it? Anyway, all right. So MythBusters, you guys are all well aware of this show. I actually really like the show, but now that Adam Savage. Jamie Heineman and Carrie Byron, Grant Imahara, Tori Belichi yeah. are all gone. I just don't care about it anymore. The, yeah. So this, this is just some <clears throat> random boob that does this? It's a completely new cast. That sucks. Yeah, so screw that. So they destroyed an AW11 MR2, which was granted in horrible condition, but still uh, not rusty or anything. AW11 yeah. MR2. No, that is a 80... Well, wait a minute. That's an 84 and 85. It, no, it'd be an 85, 86. Yeah, whatever. Um, no, it's a 80... Is that the only picture they have of it's it? It's an NA. It doesn't matter. It's well, prob- hopefully it was an automatic. No. I mean, this th- isn't the first time that they destroyed awesome shit. Like, that's actually... It could be a very side of a car. Because if it's an 85, if it doesn't have the light on the spoiler, that spoiler is worth a lot of money. The spoiler's fine. It hit the middle of the car. It's still really dumb. It's dumb. I mean, dude, they have single-handedly destroyed, like, four or five E30s on camera. I think three or four E34s, C4 Corvette, Ugh. uh... CRX? Yeah, they've basically gone through my list of favorite cars. But the thing is, what I'm getting at is, like, I really don't like any of that, but they bought these cars. A lot of them were donated, too. Right. I think think the the person who donated their... Uh, old E30 or whatever to I have crushed. more of an issue uh, yeah. yeah with how Th- that's a larger issue because I mean they have to I mean they're telling people what they're going to do with the cars yeah. yeah, and they're still selling them so I have an issue with the person that sold this MR2 or donated it to the show more than I have an issue with them doing this to the car well I have an issue with both parties um, <laughs> and if I was president they'd both be shot um, thanks Trump that's I'm ready for president in 2020 <laughs> are you Sanders old you're not you. even old enough no I'm not 35 I think is the minimum 36 Really? Yep. Um, yeah, to be over 35. I was close. But, uh, At least my number made some sense. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's, it, <laughs> that's just the most aggravating thing in the world. I should mention that the uh, that purple spike in the middle of the Carbitrage logo, Yes. that represents the tangent symbol. Oh, oh I like that. Yeah. My that's... coworker's like, whatever this logo is, it's going to have the tangent symbol in it. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I love it, it actually has a lot of meaning behind it. I should get to that in one of the episodes to yeah, tell people. But... Maybe next episode we can yeah, go I through could, it. Yeah, I could sneak that but in. Yeah, but like, this like, is just a I, sad image. I've watched Mythbusters since its inception in like the early 2000s. And yeah, like, I love that It's show. one of my favorite shows. And for the most part, they yeah. destroy really old, really shitty yeah, American like Crown cars. Yeah, Crown and just yeah. like well, old Ford pickups. Right, well, and my... I'm sorry. Keep I'm not done. Yeah, no, you can um, And like the reason for that is, is because they're all mostly donated, and they disclose that in their earlier episodes, right. being like, "These cars are donated to us. Like we don't pick them out. They're right. just given to us." And so right. like they probably don't even know like that they're using this car until they go right. to set up the experiment. Uh, yeah, I mean that could be anything. I mean yeah. they, they may like need a certain size car for the demo or something. Yeah. So all right, well my issue is with some of their um, experiments that they have, where they're trying to get something that's like statistically accurate. They don't do enough test runs to get a reasonable control. They can't do that sample size yeah. though in a lot of these cases. Then, so I yeah, still think but, they're doing a really good job considering their limitations of running a twenty-one minute television program. Yes. And with the budget that they have. Yeah, and I, I just, I don't know, it's, there are things where they say, well, this is proven false. Well, no, it's not been proven anything because you didn't do the Evidence full suggests, though. Yeah, they always do possible, like, yeah, plausible, plausible yeah. or, like, you know, you know. I think their process is pretty good. Yeah. They, they never rule anything out. But your out. grievance is legitimate. Yeah. yeah your grievance, like, if this was, like, actual That's scientific experimenting. That's why I never yeah, but like they like especially when you watch the earlier shows, they really explain like this isn't you know scientific right. fact. It's just according to our process and, and our like scientific whole, testing. And whole subreddits of just like 
uh, digging in and like yeah. providing alternative. Yeah, and they'll go and back and uh, yeah, in like episodes, mm-hmm. and they'll revisit it when they have more like I information. Still like and stuff. I just, I, I just, my, my whole issue is with. No, it's not, 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 yeah. I mean, that, that's an issue. (laughs) It's just with, with educational programming when, if, if it's not perfectly accurate, like you get the wrong idea. Right. right, So I, it's just, this show tends too far to the ancient alien side of like history channel, discovery channel sort of stuff than I would like. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what my So Ryan's grievances is with the show, not. Well, no, it is. It's both. But I mean, if they're doing something like uh, drive shaft pole vault or something, they yeah. can't do like a hundred unit sample size just because like that would logistically take months, and you would yeah. need hundreds of donated vehicles and just all that kind of stuff. Millions so like they're they're taking a really small sample size and they're doing the best they can with that. But I think to go along with what you're saying, and this is irrelevant now because the show is pretty much dead. Yeah. They shouldn't select that myth to. Yeah, no, they absolutely shouldn't. They should only take stuff as like, oh, well, you're like the toilet seat cleanliness versus other parts of the house. They could do that really well because they had hundreds of volunteers swabbing everything every day. So they Mm -hmm. had like thousands of units of data. Exactly. So that was perfect for them. But yeah, yeah. it's like you don't see a TV show about them trying to like break down the human genome because that's not plausible for a TV show. You're not going to do that accurately on a TV show. Right. Well, I mean, now that's already been done, but I mean, like. But if you take it as entertainment value, I still yeah. think it has value. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just I don't. Know, I would I would put it on like. The reason they chose BMWs for all the tests when they destroyed them was because of their good weight distribution. Mm-hmm. Really? Because they were usually dropped. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Clever. But I don't. Know, I would just. Sad. I would say this this would be a better show on Sci-Fi than it would be on Discovery Channel. I think that's another one of my grievances. I could do a whole podcast on my grievances. Brian, we know, and let's yeah. let's stop triggering ourselves and let's talk about a gorgeous hand-built Italian car. Yes. Um, now Saab is like, as Jalapnik said, a zombie or <laughs> more like a cat because it's got nine lives. Yep. Um, it We're seems getting there like the lives. Th- there's these every company. I, I think just about. There has to be a company off of every single... Who's been handed around more? Jaguar or Saab? Saab. Oh, Saab. oh I don't know. Because Jaguar, I think, was handed around... Jaguar? Or, oh, or uh, Maserati. That's another Ooh, one. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's tough. But the Saabaru. I know. Well, yeah. the thing is, Saab... Um, <laughs> they, they've had their... They've they're had a, a very loose car company, if you know what I mean. They've had a very rough 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> their name should be changed to Stephanie. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But anyway, um, so... Stephanie. Yeah, the... Anyway, um, Saab was purchased... They, they went under. They were purchased by a Chinese company, by the owner of TBR, um, and now they're... TBR doesn't have an owner right now, as far as I understand. <sighs> I don't even know what's happening with them. Poor TBR. Um, but now, finally, Koenigsegg uh, purchased them, and they plan on making the electric uh, Saab that the Chinese company planned on making. Oh, cool. Um, and I think, from what I understand, their logic is to make something that's a lower scale, or a lower or a, a lower price, higher production model. Okay. To um, kind of give, get some revenue going for Koenigsegg, because they really make like two cars a year. I cannot wait to see what Christian von Koenigsegg would do with electrification. I mean, they, they've kind of done that with their uh, one-to-one. Yeah. Which is, boy, that's a fascinating powertrain. That is endlessly fascinating. Direct drive with a torque converter on the gasoline engine yep. with lockup, and then it's got electric drive to torque fill before that thing can lock up. I mean, and it's just no, fascinating. And no camshaft. Uh, that is not a free valve engine. It's not free valve? No, Which I not. thought it was. No. Didn't they do that? I thought they did. No, didn't. it's a development technology, but it's not currently in any of their vehicles. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it's I thought super they were... cool, though. Free valve is fascinating. If none of you guys know what we're talking about, go type into YouTube free valve, F R E E V A L V E, and watch Christian von Koenigsegg's video. This man, I, he's an alien. Yeah, no, he's it's not. Just, he's he doesn't not a real think human. like humans. No, he no. doesn't. <laughs> but I mean, that company is endlessly fascinating. I think it's more interesting than Horatio Pagani. Because Pagani's just a fine craftsman, but Christian von Koenigsegg is that like is true. The technical it is. Side. It Can is you more. If they made a car together. Oh, it'd be the per- the perfect vehicle, the absolute perfect vehicle. Um, but I hmm. Saying that Koenigsegg is more interesting than Pagani, that's 
you can't. It's not really apples to apples. That's like saying, "Hey, what's more interesting, CERN or the Louvre?" The, I was I was gonna have a similar metaphor, <laughs> <laughs> like the Mona Lisa or mapping the human genome. Yeah, they're both like, pretty interesting. Yeah, they're <laughs> two very interesting things. I'm, if we map the Mona Lisa's genome, that's the that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's. But, I'll be curious to see. I mean, I don't see. Any, I just briefly paged through it. I didn't see any specifications or anything like that no, on what they're anticipating, but. I mean, electrification is the future for right now, so why yeah, not? Yeah, no, that's, I, I think it's really cool. Um, and the concept shot actually looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah I think that's the... It looks very sobby. I think that's like back <laughs> yeah. when they uh, were coming out with the Nevis, the uh, new era vehicle sob, whatever. New yeah. electric vehicle. No, the new electric vehicle sob, I think is what it was. Oh, that makes some sense. I think that's what it was, yeah. This, um, it actually kind of looks like a Skoda wrapped up in a Saab proc, but oh. kind of. Uh, you know, if you connected the headlights to the grill, it'd look like a Tatra as well. Yes, it would. It is generally European. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Unashamedly so, yes. I think it'd be really cool if Christian von Koenigsegg just, like, started buying up weirdo makes that everybody, like, loves but nobody bought. So, like... He puts like Koenigsegg and like Saab and Tatra all under one umbrella and oh, just God. be like the Volkswagen of weird. I think somebody should, if nobody owns the Tatra name, they should bring it back. And continue making air-cooled V8s. Yeah, like make like a, a Pagani sub-brand of road cars and just call them Tatras or something like that. I think it'd be really cool. Like I think... Like very finely made, technologically impressive road cars that are just like absurd. Yeah, no, I think that'd be really cool if a lot of like like supercar manufacturers bought up these defunct European car names right. and made cool stuff with them. Like I would totally buy a Pagani owned Tatra. Oh, totally. Then that means that there's going to be more better Paganis. It's going to have a Mercedes turbo six cylinder engine in it. And everything's going to be made out of build aluminum. And perfect. It, no, it, it, ah, God, it, the thing is with Tatra. That's a, that's a tricky brand because you would, their whole thing was air cooled because it killed so many Nazis. No, it's because everything was air cooled. Like, it has to be air-cooled and rear-engine. Fine. Because even their cars in the 90s... You were... could engineer a really skookum air-cooled engine yeah, these days. You really can. I think that'd be super cool. Or just contract with, like, uh, Continental or something and just use a modified airplane engine that's already in existence. Yep. What's, um, what, what are some other good, defunct European brands? I think Talbo would be a good one. Lister. Ooh, Li Lister's not defunct, are they? I think they are. Yeah, that'd be a really cool one. Yeah, Lister's pretty cool. Lister would um, be really cool, yeah. Rover. Oh, yes. If Austin Martin bought Rover. <laughs> so amazing. That'd be so great. great. Um, would they be the best owner for Rover, though? I don't know if they would be. No, TVR. Oh, no, no um, Morgan. Morgan. If Morgan bought yeah. Rover, oh, my God. that'd be it. Can you imagine wood-framed <laughs> Rovers rolling around Britain? Oh, they oh, smashing. <laughs> Just rot out before anything would break. Or like a Rolls Rover. That'd be perfect. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the, um, the shitty Rolls Royce. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, get get some get some um like German brands like uh, like Roof instead of just like making Porsches, they could just buy like Vortberg or something. Oh my word! <laughs> this isn't a Roof; it's a Vortberg 911. <clears throat> a what? Vortberg. It uses like all the guts of a 911, but like puts it in backwards and makes it front engine rear wheel drive with a boxer. Like, it's a convertible. It's just it's called a Wartburg. It's got the name Wart Wart in the name, so like Your nobody buys it. Your imagination concerns me sometimes. I, I'm just like kind of going. What if you put a 911 4S drivetrain reversed in a modern Citroen DS? That'd be great. Ooh. I think Citroen should do that. Because then you could maintain the shape and all that and have the teardrop rear end yeah. with all the, the, the support. And that would be very cool. Okay, we're going on a really good but horrible This tangent. is a very good tangent. I really like the idea of a brand new Citroen DS. I'm, I like the idea of European supercar manufacturers. Me too. Buy, I think buying, we need like, to push for this. Like this should those be a brands thing. can't cost much to buy, right? No, these are all defunct brands. Like... The, all these names have a cachet to them, and it's like these supercar manufacturers, they have a cachet, so it's like all you're doing is if you buy something owned by Pagani, you're buying a name. Right, yeah. right. Like it That's true. Be, it happens to be a good car, but <laughs> you're buying a name. But, I mean, I would be curious to see what they would cost cut to make something like that happen, because you would have to. But I think they would do it a lot differently than a major. I think I don't think that they, it'd be a cost cut thing. I think that um, when you do that, you're doing that to generate more money. Right, but then they're going to be making CUVs. Well, no, not necessarily. There's a happy medium. 
Because mm. Koenigsegg is not making a CUV. They're making true. a sedan, an electric sedan. And I think that... Right. But an, an electric CUV would sell better. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, these are also car companies that are not made for the general consumer. Right. Like, to them, moving 10,000 units a year, those, that's big bucks. Like, it's mm-hmm. all of the money. Right. So, that's what... I think but you have to do it with a company like Koenigsegg or like Pagani and because they're not publicly traded companies to my knowledge. Exactly. And that's I was thinking that's I never mentioned like Ferrari or Lamborghini or something. Right. I was thinking these weirdo kind like of companies. Lotus? Lotus would be a pretty good one yeah, to own Lotus too. as well, yeah. Lotus could buy Alpine. Yes. There you go. That'd be oh, cool. Oh yeah. Or uh does does Chaparral still exist? Uh no, I don't think so. But that's American. Yeah. So oh, so Tesla should buy a Tesla should then. buy a Chaparral. Yeah, make an electric turbine two J. I think that'd be fantastic. <laughs> that'd be absolutely perfect. Driving down the road. Oh man, so good. <clears throat> anyway, but anyway, I want to talk topic. about um, a topic that you actually had a couple of weeks ago. It was the Aram Sothemy's uh, Young Timer Collection. Yes. Um, Chris Harris, the head of the new Top Gear and a longtime YouTube car and Yabo fan, over awesome, yeah. awesome guy. Yeah. He actually got in and walked around. Young Timer Collection. I'm just going to let this play as we talk. But everything that we saw in the photos is just as beautiful. Oh, I saw 25th Anniversary Edition uh, Z31. I thought it was a 50th. Oh, it was the 50th. I'm sorry. I get those two mixed up. And it had excellent 80s turbo graphics My my favorite Z31 is the 50th Anniversary Edition. And my favorite Countach is the 25th. Yeah, yes. That's so aggravating. I know. Why do I like anniversary <laughs> editions? Be, do you know what, if the you sh- like the indie pace car edition? It, of the no, it'd be, it'd be like so much better if I liked the Shiro special more. Right. It, <laughs> and I just don't. I can't lie to myself. But the, I mean, this I forgot about like the two Lagandas in there, and like yeah, those those Z cars. They're just they almost seem out of place in there because they're all automatics too. There's that's the one thing I don't like about this. The collection is mostly automatics. Yeah. Well, he, they were all. I think they're all bought in era, and they're bought as like the coolest, most whiz bang. Except for the E60 M5s. This collection resides Ooh, in Europe. Look at that. Oh, that's oh yeah, Al- just littered with mint, Al- mint condition Alpinas. Alpina, like, like whatever their turbos. version, whatever the Alpina version. Those of M5s the... are both manual, and the manual was never sold in Europe. So those cars made their way from Europe somehow, or sorry, America, because we were the only country in the world to get the manual M5 because we demanded it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, also, if you're going to buy a car to speculate on and enjoy for the next five to ten years, buy an E60 M5 with a manual. Yeah, that is a car that's worth Buy it. that car. Yeah, everybody will want that. If um, I return the E39, it's going to be for one of those. Yeah. If, uh, no, I was going to say, uh, I'm sorry, train I thought. Um, <laughs> Very passionate. It's gone. No, no, it's not. Uh, it was a, <laughs> that Alpina, like, 635 CSI, whatever yeah. it was. What was that, E24? Uh, the six is an E24. Yep. Yeah. So that's oh, B6 turbo. Yeah. That's like my favorite BMW chassis, and then the coolest version of it. Anyway. And then we've got a bunch of Alpina V12 E38s, and yeah, just it's littered with really great stuff. Just perfect Rolls Royces. Their Mercedes section that's got that W123, yes. so that that uh, blacked out mid 80s wagon. Yes. With the four cam engine in it, and just the, AMG, the AMG wagon. Yeah. That's a that very car. cool car. Oh, but just look at that. Oh. B7 Turbo. So, um, I'm not sure if I mentioned to you, but I found out uh, Koenig Specials. What are, co- I know you. I know I know what that is, but I don't know. What that's that is. a company that made like the wide body, uh, like Mercedes SECs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the ones that look like cheese graters. Yeah, yeah. You can still buy all their body kits from the factory. Yeah. And actually, um, at uh, Tokyo Auto Salon this week, um. They sold a, or a, I don't think it was this week, but anyway, they had the auction results from the Tokyo Auto Salon auction, mm-hmm. and the Koenig Specials Testarossa sold. Now, the Koenig Specials Testarossa, um, how could you like? How could you add more shit to a Testarossa? You twin turbo it. Oh, anyway, go on Japanese Nostalgia Car and check it out. We're watching Chris Harris. Uh, whatever. We're also recording a podcast. Get him off. <laughs> Um, I was looking at the toolkit to see how nice of condition the car was in. Cool. And when we're eating lunch after the episode, I promise you we'll watch all of it. Well, actually, Chipotle had a line out the door, so we don't have lunch. What? Gee. Thanks, Corey! 
Anyway, uh, uh, no, what? just why didn't you just go to the Japanese nostalgia car? I don't know. Cause I asked you. Uh, I'll just do it. Anyway, as I was to tell you how much of the Koenig specials. We're really good at interesting radio. No, I was to tell you how much of the Koenig specials um, Testarossa was gonna sell for. Uh, but I, I'm over again. I'm already, I'm already done. I, I got it on my phone right now. Um, where is it? It must have all the wrong keywords in it. Cause even if I type in Japanese nostalgic, it doesn't come up. Yeah, I don't know why you just, just type in www.japanesenostalgicar.com. Because I don't want to. I'd rather anyway. watch Chris Harris walk around the sweet garage and full of then BMWs have god-awful radio. Anyway, so yeah. this guy named Sinji Takei. But Take. we're not talking about that wall. This guy happening. named Sinji Takei. I, I send you my Takei sometimes. <laughs> um, he uh, is a car collector in Japan. He's okay. got like, like an insane private collection of just everything ranging from like Japanese cars to supercars. Okay. And uh, he sold off some of his Koenig Specials cars, which included a Testarossa and a 308. Uh, oh, goodness. The Testarossa <laughs> sold for $288,000. <laughs> uh, it's been heavily used, and that's a lot of money compared to normal Testarossas. Yeah, I was going to say, that's regular pretty okay Testarossas are 100 Maybe, uh, yeah, about 100 Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. This one's more, more than double that, and... Um, yeah, that's like shitty Countach money. Oh, I do love the Countach though. That's like Did Koenig do a Countach? On um, They looked at it and they're like, it's already done. Actually, <laughs> I think they did actually. What it about was, a Pantera? Was, no, it was either Koenig or ABC exclusive. One of those companies did do a couple of Countaches. That's ridiculous. Man, um, that must have looked so ridiculous. Yeah. And then they uh Shinji Takei also sold a uh nineteen ninety F forty for one point one million dollars. Oh my god. Yeah. But that uh I do love the F forty. Yeah, so anyway, um yeah, the his uh the the Koenig Specials Testarossa actually that might be the only Koenig Specials car that makes uh the car look better than it did from the factory. Hmm. Well, I think the only thing that I've seen so far, I haven't seen that, but the only thing that I've seen that makes the Testarossa look better uh, is the factory five twelve T R. It came after it on the Oh, no, this one, I hate that front end. It doesn't oh, fit the rest of the car. I disagree. I think it looks but, um Oh, you like it whenever they round off half of a car, any any car. Yeah, looks great. Um, But no, the uh, Koenig Specials, they added fixed headlights. They got rid of the strikes, made just a giant gaping chasm for air intake on the side of the door. Sounds like a 512TR. Uh, it looks quite cool. Hmm. And, but the thing is, is it still keeps with the straight lines, so it doesn't like awkwardly turn into soft lines like in front of the wheel well. And that's my only issue with the 512TR. Is like I just don't look at that part then. The the one part that you like about it. I do like that part. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. It's like it it's makes like, it look more like my car, which they, I like. It's like they gaffed the front end of your car onto like a 308. And it looks disgusting. It's like two different things. Hey, let's take this E30 front put, and rear end and most of the side. Let, let's take this E36 front end, stick on an E30 M3. Oh wow, Eric Berger is gonna love it. <laughs> no, they kind of did that because there was a company that made new headlight grills that you ah, could put square oh. headlights into an E30 with. Oh no, that actually looks kind of. I've seen those. No. no. I, if you get those with like the Zender body kit, well, it looks kind of cool. That's just where you're wrong there, buddy. But that's also not on a M3. I've people only, have done those to M3s, I'm sure. And that would be terrible on an M3. Yeah, well, it's just like M- putting E36 headlights on it because those are square. No, it's different because they're the they're both sealed beams. It's different. It but anyway, the what's the next topic? That's it. Oh, we're we're done. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. I want since we're start <laughs> since we are under a new name for the podcast, um, I wanted to uh, just end the show a little bit differently than we normally do. Okay. Um, what is one fun fact that you learned about? And automotive-wise, that you learned this week. Oh, shoot. Well, you go first, because you're setting me up on this just out of the blue here. This week? Yeah. Um. Um. Uh. Um. Or one cool thing you did. I want to end on a happy I, note. I'm done ending on sad notes. I remote started one of our office vehicles on the negative 30 degree day and it took four tries and I was watching the exhaust pipes on this thing out the window <laughs> pointing the key at it and I could like see these like puffs of the engine trying to start <laughs> and like the lights dimming I'm like no you start 
<laughs> um, and I finally got it going. So then I didn't have to go outside in the cold. So that's, that's I mean, the best thing I've got this whole week. Really. For mine, um, I'm going to riff off of that. I oh found out God. that we um, we purchased a remote start for the boss's truck at okay. work. And then his F-150? His F-150 that he then sold two weeks later. But then Andy, the technician that bought it, um, realized he was going through some of the coding on the car and said this already had a remote start installed on it. <laughs> so now it's got redundant remote starts. <laughs> so he has a separate key fob for the remote start. <laughs> but then he also looked on this. He goes, so if I press the lock button once and then hold it for five seconds, it remote starts. Yeah. So he tried that and it remote started. Fun fact, if you use that remote start and the other remote start, it'll just grind the starter. <laughs> <laughs> Another I'm thing we found somebody out. Somebody tried. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jenna, did you learn anything? Um, I didn't learn. Well, a couple weeks ago, I learned that uh, giraffes are more genetically diverse, but inner species, like between themselves, hmm. than some species are to each other. Jeez. Yeah. So giraffes are more genetically more different than we than are like, to mice. No, than we are to like orangutans, right? Um, I don't remember what species they use. But there's a few different <clears throat> species. But like some species are more closely related than individual giraffes. So what you're saying is we need to get into the giraffe breeding business. Yes. There you go. Not only do we end on a happy note, we also learn something and end on a bombshell. Thank you for listening to Carpetrage. Uh, <laughs> That's a taken minute for me to not say motor call. Um, Carpetrage. Yeah, it's fine. And yeah, this is thank you <laughs> for listening. We'll, bit, we'll be back on Wednesday. Bye. See ya.